Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to our continuing podcast series, taking a deep dive into the Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. Today, we're going to talk about options that are uh, non-MBA options, primarily specialty master's degrees for both pre-experience and post-experience candidates who want to sort of enhance their skills in a given area and, of course, their career prospects in it. With us today is Vallabh Samba Murdi, the Associate Dean of Professional Master's Programs at the Broad College. Welcome, Samba. Thank you, John. It's a great pleasure to be here. Now, you have a, a pretty extensive portfolio of specialty masters. I think you have six, is it? And uh, plus two to launch. That's correct, John. So we have a built a portfolio of six plus two more coming on board to complement and supplement our full-time MBA and executive MBA programs. How do people know what's best for them? In other words, some people are actually choosing between an MBA and a specialty master's degree today. Other, other people don't have that choice because perhaps they have no work experience. And typically in an MBA program, you know, you want to have two to five years of work experience. So how do people navigate this choice? That's a great question, John, because uh, a few years ago, as we were launching our master's program in business analytics, one of the concerns was who is the intended audience and would this cannibalize our full-time MBA or the executive MBA? And our experience showed that it did not. But if I can step back, there is a growing sense, and certainly the Broad College has embraced this notion that a business school should really be a hub of lifelong learning. And what I mean by that is any undergraduate student coming out of our program or elsewhere is looking at a half-life of knowledge, which is about five to six years. Mm. So if you think about their productive lifetime, let's say 20 years, maybe even more. So they're going to have four different needs for reskilling or upskilling themselves. So the question is, how do we position ourselves in their journey as they are finding new roles or growing in an economy? The second part is that, uh, you know, from 25 years ago when I got my MBA, you know, the skills are changing so rapidly. Who knew that business analytics would be such a hard skill six years ago? Today, it's almost a requirement, no longer an option. Mm-hmm. So our uh, focus is that every student should find skills along the way, and the degree is no longer a destination. It's really a journey for learning and skill enhancement. So that's a philosophical issue about having a broad portfolio of programs. But the interesting part of it is that MBA is most focused on general management skills with some depth. We have five concentrations in the MBA program, supply chain, finance, marketing, HR, and we just added business analytics. But the specialty master's programs are the flip side of it. They are essentially depth with a little bit of general management. So for a student or a prospective student, the question really is, where are they in their career cycle and what are they trying to do? For a pre-experienced student, maybe it's uh, too early to get an MBA, but they need to find ways of positioning themselves for this rapidly changing economy. So that's where we believe that one of the specialty master's programs is uh, valuable. 
The other comment I will make is that there are many students who come out of liberal arts or math backgrounds, and they're looking for a better return on investment for themselves. And so a specialty master's program, which is typically one year, is a great way for them to enhance their skills and suddenly go from a thirty dollars to $35,000 per year salary to, let's say, seventy dollars to $90,000 salary. So it's a good deal. That is a good deal. And I, and I should add the context that, you know, years ago, I would say before the 1980s primarily, many companies had rotational programs, training programs where they would hire liberal arts grads and they would give them six months to a year to literally train them to be productive on the job. But through all the downsizings in the 80s and 90s today, uh, fewer employers have such programs and they really expect people to show up and have a jump start on their job and be productive from day one. And especially a master's program does that, right? Actually, that's an excellent point of view, John. Uh, I'll steal this idea from you <laughs> because that certainly is a great rationale. And building upon it, when we launched our master's program in business analytics seven years ago, one of the hypotheses we had in mind was you can only learn so much in the classroom in a discipline that's rapidly moving, but maybe you learn even more effectively by being out there in the field. So we decided to experiment with having experiential learning running through all the 30 credits or all the 12 months in the program. Ah. So students in a business analytics, they do three projects, very much like what you said. And the benefit to the companies is that in a discipline which is rapidly growing and changing, many of them felt that business analytics was important, but they just didn't know why and how should they make sense of it. So these experiential projects were like applied R&D for them, and the projects were really helpful to them to figure out how and where they could benefit from the business analytics talent. And for the students, it was a win-win because, you know, they learned that while knowledge is important, how you apply the knowledge in a unstructured and volatile world can only be learned through experience. And so the students were able to demonstrate their capability and learn. And so very much to your point, it became a one-year process where companies got to learn something. They got to observe talent for 14 weeks, which is much longer than a one-hour interview. And so we really learned that experiential learning is a powerful platform in a business school. And we're now trying to expand that into our other specialty programs as well as the full-time and the executive MBA programs. That's a, a, a great idea because, of course, many companies are also confused about business analytics. In other words, they are swimming in data, but they still haven't figured out how to harness the data and interpret it for real decision-making. So they, they are learning as well and giving them the opportunity to work with uh, students on these projects would be invaluable both for the companies and the students. The other thing that, of course, it does is in a job interview, it gives your graduates something meaningful to talk about. Indeed. And, you know, in that sense, uh, the business school pro graduate programs are no longer like your grandfather's Oldsmobile. I feel that uh, when I studied <laughs> to where they're studying today, a very different world. 
Indeed. And your largest program is perhaps your oldest one, accounting. Yes. And that's a great example, again, of a specialty master's program designed in tight collaboration between the industry and academia. So I was the chair of the accounting department for five years and got a bird's eye view to how much the public accounting firms invest their experiences and thought process in uh, continually designing and redesigning the master's program. As an example, in 2012, even as analytics was on the horizon, the public accounting firms realized that this was an important direction for their future. And so they were among the first who started raising the awareness of my colleagues in our external advisory board meetings. They volunteered their time in giving us uh, cases, use case data sets, and so on. So a very tight coupling between the industry and us in continually reshaping the skills. So today, accounting analytics is a significant component of our master's program in accounting, in addition to all the traditional things like auditing, tax, and so on. So that brings me to the next point uh, that we have learned through our master's program in accounting. We are beginning to establish industry advisory boards for each one of our specialty master's programs ah. so that there's a tighter alignment between the industry, whether it's a vertical or a skill set, and our program. That's a great idea. And, and you have, of course, in your portfolio, a master's in supply chain. And of course, the school is very well known as a leader in that field. But you also have some unusual ones like marketing research or a more recent one in, in management leadership. And, uh, and I guess your two new ones will be a master's in healthcare management and the one I just mentioned, the uh, management leadership. Is that correct? There is a new one, which is subtly different. It's called management studies. And so the distinction between management leadership and management studies is that the management leadership is oriented more toward experienced people who are looking for the executive presence. So negotiation, coaching, and things like that. I see. Whereas the management studies is meant for pre-experienced folks coming out of math, or engineering who want to benefit from some amount of management knowledge, project management, cost accounting, which would enhance their credentials on the job. Right. And your master's in healthcare uh, management is probably a sign of the increased professionalism in the healthcare industry. Indeed. And this is a reflection of a trend across many business schools that uh, we have neglected as business school community to bring our knowledge to bear on uh, society's grand challenges. And one of the biggest global challenges is efficient, effective, and high-quality delivery of healthcare. And so there is a desire to bring the fundamentals of business knowledge and contextualize it in the context of the uniqueness of the healthcare industry. So it's a marriage of the healthcare community and the business school. And that's what we are seeking to do. And in many ways, um, our new program is a collaboration with the healthcare community on our campus. Ah. We also, yes. And we've also formed an advisory board of top healthcare organizations to help us uh, guide this program. 
And and you found that the healthcare industry is looking for management know-how. Absolutely. They have different motivations. My tennis buddy is a cardiologist and he wants to know business to manage his stock investments. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and there are many healthcare professionals who have not that rich. So they really want to enhance their job credentials because the healthcare industry, I would venture to say 50% at least of that industry today is not the caregivers, but the care managers who have to deal with uh, the costing and the bureaucracy of healthcare, the marketing of services, all the kinds of things that they could learn from a business school degree. Exactly. Right. And how do you choose? In other words, of course, there are some who, who will have a natural affinity for one subject or another. But if you're looking to make a successful career for yourself and you're agnostic about whether or not you want to be a marketer, a financer, an accountant, <laughs> a manager in supply chain uh, logistics, how do you make the choice? That's an excellent question because um... – if you take it in a broader sense, think about the economy we are in today. Every producer of goods or services is facing this question, what do my customers want? And there's a mindset change from we are providing them a product or service we sell to we are there for anything that they might need. Right. right. So educational institutions must become the Amazon of education. Yes. And uh, so and I don't make that statement lightly because there is a deep uh, meaning behind that. So the idea is that um, every student's journey is going to be unique once they get their undergraduate degree. But now the question is, how do we help students make choices? So... We are still figuring this out, but here are some of the things we are experimenting with. This year, we will create a graduate programs fair uh, in spring and invite all the business school and MSU undergraduates to come and sample our offerings. Not that they're going to sign up right now, but the idea is that uh, they will be aware of what's available at Broad or what's available at Michigan State so that if you're a Spartan, we want you to be a Spartan for life. That's the first thing. Second, we are building uh, through social media, these communities of mentor-mentee networks. Mm. So if I am an undergraduate and uh, I, have, I'm, I have been out there for two years, I need some advice. Who is the best person I can turn to beyond my family? Maybe it's uh, alums, some of whom have gone along on their journey and have learned a few more things because they've been out on their journey for five years, six years, 10 years. So we are trying to build an alumni network and uh, facilitate ways of uh, interaction. So imagine in the near future that this is a marketplace for conversations where Joe Schroeder, who just graduated two years ago, says that... I've been working in this supply chain job, but uh, I really feel that I need to acquire some analytics. Should I do that or should I go get an MBA? What if uh, uh, John Cooper, who has been out for five years, tells Joe, well, you know, you're too young to get an MBA, but uh, supply chain could really benefit from analytics because that's the next wave. 
And so why don't you consider a, a business analytics degree? Now, remember, that's not the end of your journey, but maybe uh, seven years later, you will be primed to benefit from an MBA. So my point is that we're also trying to create an ecosystem through our alumni and executives. Our dean has launched a program called Executives in Residence, which is where we bring in a top-notch executives who spend one year on campus, and they are sort of like coaches. Mm. And uh, so there are multiple ways in which uh, uh, people can gain advice. Uh, smart students, they seek us out. I get so many emails from uh, students saying, can I drop in and uh, run my life's journey past you to see what you would recommend? So I think my, my, my learning is that first, we need to have uh, programs available. Second, we need to facilitate conversations. And third is we need to provide mentoring advice, not by ourselves, but through our experience alums. So it's the whole set of offerings. And that's my role. I just took on this role about a month ago. And that's our vision for graduate education at Bro. Well, it sounds like you're building the Amazon of business learning. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we can be branded as that. (laughs) All right, Samba, thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. It's a great pleasure to be talking to you, and it's been a wonderful conversation. The pleasure is all mine. So you were just listening to Vallabh Samamurti, the Associate Dean of Professional Master's Programs at the Broad College of Business, talking about what what are your options uh, when you look at the portfolio of the different opportunities available in business higher education. This is another one of our continuing series uh, in taking a deep dive into the Broad College of Business at Michigan State University. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Thanks for listening. <music>